Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Tracy Ring, Accenture's Chief Data Officer and also Generative AI Head for the Life Sciences Practice. I'm joined today by Manik Gupta, North America Chief Analytics and Insights Officer for Bayer Consumer Health. Hello, Manik. Hello, good to, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Can I ask you to share a little bit of your professional background for the benefit of our listeners? Firstly, thank you for the invitation. I uh, really appreciate uh, the time to share my views with your listeners. Uh, my background is a mix of strategy, technology, and data science across multiple verticals. I worked in healthcare, CPG, retail, financial services, uh, telco, and I've done my time in advisory services as well. Uh, today, I head Bear Consumer Health's analytics and insights function in North America. What that means is I oversee multiple AI communities of practice, including human truths, consumer engagement, enterprise business intelligence, advanced analytics and data science, and our incredible AI practice in Canada. In simple terms, my job is to build next-gen bionic capabilities and accelerate the digital transformation of the business through data and analytics. So thank you again for the opportunity. Wow, it, it looks like you are a data zealot. Um, with all of that, what about your role excites you the most? Look, I think you know the, the most obvious answer would be uh, data and analytics, but uh, what I'm really excited about is our incredible uh, vision and our uh, compelling purpose. Let me talk about that and I'll connect the dots with what does that have to do with uh, data and why, why does that excite me? So Bear has a compelling vision for our world, health for all, hunger for none. You know, if you look at what's happening, uh, there are two things uh, that uh, will continue to evolve. First is we have a growing population in the world. And second is we have an aging world population. What that does is it puts a lot of strain on our ecosystems. As a global leader in health and nutrition, we play a key role in devising solutions to tackle these challenges. We come to work every day because we believe in our purpose of science for a better life. This is the why behind everything we do. As I said, I, I work in North America for consumer health and in the North America market, we market iconic over-the-counter brands like Aleve, Alka-Seltzer, Aspirin, Claritin, Miralax, and Wanadate to name a few. Now, data is core to how we market the right product to the right consumer or patient or shopper with the right message at the right time for the right price. So in essence, I think what I'm saying is I'm obviously very excited about building these bionic capabilities. But what brings me to work every day is our uh, compelling vision and our purpose of science for a better life. Wonderful. I, I mean, you touched on it, but Gen AI has really taken the world by storm. It's hard to get enough through a day uh, without a reference or a discussion on generative AI. Um, you know, what is your take on the emergence of generative AI as a business um, enabler as well as a disruptor? Yeah, look, I think I'm about to say something I might regret, but I'll say it anyways. Uh, until recently, the keys to the data and analytics kingdom were closely guarded by our so-called elite AI practitioners. That's us, right, on this call in your audience. Then comes ChatGPT, which showcased AI in action to everyone 
with access to the internet in a very personalized way. And honestly, now we can go back to our elitist ways, yeah? So <laughs> that would be my first comment. I think ChatGPT has been uh, uh, very revealing in that sense. Now look, GenAI has the potential to change the anatomy of work across every industry and every function, augmenting the capabilities of individual workers by automating some of their individual activities. Um, I was reading a recent McKinsey article uh, on GenAI that claims uh, GenAI technologies, you know, the sum total capabilities uh, that we call GenAI, not just ChatGPT, but GenAI in aggregate, uh, have the potential to free up between 50 to 70% of employee time through automation. If we believe this, uh, this represents a significant improvement in work productivity not seen since the advent of the internet. Yeah. Now, uh, the full realization of benefits from advancing GenAI will require managing the inherent risks in GenAI. And we should certainly talk about that today. Uh, it'll require us to determine what new skills and capabilities are required in the workforce. We have to obviously step back and rethink core business processes uh, because eventually, you know, this will be less about the technology itself. It will mm -hmm. be about how humans uh, and businesses organize around this technology. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I share that uh, that sentiment as someone who uh, spent the majority of my career aspiring to get the chief data officer role, which which I have at Accenture for our life sciences practice, only to very shortly thereafter be the uh, global head of generative AI for life sciences. Not something I ever dreamed of um, in my career planning, but uh, it's uh, needless to say, I love the way you frame that enabler and disruptor. Um, thinking about generative AI, you know, what are your key areas of interest and um, I, I assume experimentation as well for Bayer? Yeah, yeah. So at Bayer Consumer Health, uh, we started experimenting and embedding large language models or LLMs, as we call them, uh, before ChatGPT made Gen AI success, uh, sexy. Yeah? So let me share a couple of examples. Uh, today, we have a profound understanding of the most important but unmet consumer needs and self-care. That is at the very core of who we are as a business. It is then imperative that we align the right health outcomes against those important but unmet consumer needs, then identify the right molecules that deliver those health outcomes with the highest standards for patient safety and product efficacy. So what happened is we decided to leverage BioGPT on about 47 million publicly available medical citations. And what that did is, you know, this paradigm of connecting, you know, the, real, the, the right health outcomes, the right molecule uh, that goes up against uh, the right uh, important but unmet consumer need. We were able to take that, that, that effort in terms of productivity improvement for a medical affairs team by 100x. Mm. You know, very practically speaking, what happens is what took them two weeks to search and organize. And remember, the world of medical citations is mess, mess. Yeah. yeah? Uh, now takes two minutes, yeah. So you know, you know, did we know what we were doing? You know, and did we know ChatGPT would come and make us all look very sexy? Not really. <laughs> um, but we were doing that type of work before ChatGPT, you know, made this very commonly understood. Another example would be we pulled about nine billion rows of structured data mm -hmm. uh, for NLP processing, so our practitioners can query the data using a search bar and understand the why behind market dynamics in incredibly fast ways. So there are additional gen AI use cases under development. They range uh, very broadly from you know, creating better contracts to producing better communication, faster and cheaper, 
to managing data quality at scale, to exploring self-care uh, white space. And honestly, I mean, you know, look, uh, I, 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 uh, the future is unknown and unknowable. Uh, but if I were to predict, you know, the number of and types of use cases, I'd say it's only limited by imagination. So uh, this this is ripe for takeoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess as we pivot into, you know, you talked about the opportunity, but how are you really approaching this, you know, risk and reward um, for generative AI? You know, do you want to be on the bleeding edge of this emerging technology or are you taking a bit of a wait and watch approach? Yeah, so uh, let's maybe first talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the hype cycle. Uh, so while there is a lot of buzz around how ChatGPT reached 100 million average monthly users, you can't get uh, away from reading about this. Uh, so they, they did this in six weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously getting compared to companies or businesses like YouTube. You know, YouTube took four years to do that. Fair. However, then let's take a look at one month retention rate for ChatGPT. And that's lower than YouTube. I believe the numbers are 56% for ChatGPT, 85% for YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at user engagement data, that is even lower for ChatGPT. So the first thing I'd say is there is a hype cycle. Yeah. And, and we have to absolutely look beyond that hype cycle. And when you look beyond the hype cycle, uh, as much as this is an enabler and a disruptor, there are real risks with Gen AI. When your foundation models are created on trillions of tokens from the World Wide Web, you run significant risk of copyright infringement. And and I was reading this uh, Sequoia report that talks about this this conundrum. So let's take Japan, for example. Japan has declared that content used to train AI has no IP rights. Okay, mm-hmm. Europe uh, has uh, proposed heavy-handed regulation when it comes to Gen AI type of capabilities. Yeah, what this in essence means is the rules around Gen AI are still too opaque. Okay, so there's a hype cycle. You know, there's 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 real risk of copyright infringement. The the rules are still too opaque. Then let's talk about some some technical uh, challenges. Yeah, the practical issue is end user demand for computers far outstripping GPU supply. I don't believe this to to be an everlasting problem. It certainly is a problem right now. Right. Also then as AI practitioners, we, we worry about foundation models that are contaminated by synthetic data. What that means is that if that starts to happen, Gen AI answers to many complex questions or very nuanced questions. So given that Gen AI is an emerging space and kind of thinking through the hype cycle, thinking through the risks, our current rules of engagement are very simple. We will protect our proprietary data. We will thoughtfully deploy new technologies behind our firewalls. Uh, we will calibrate and recalibrate risk reward on a continuous basis. Uh, we will build where we have a unique advantage. We will buy solutions off the shelf, you know, where that makes more sense for us. So that's kind of where we are uh, as, as a business. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. Awesome. Thanks a lot.